You're listening to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I have a question for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the college recruiting process? You have come to the right place. Jill will bring you expert tips and interviews with special guests to help you take a deep breath and know, yes, you are moving in the right direction to find your college team. After this podcast, don't forget to head to Jill's shop page to purchase her two guidebooks that will make everything in college recruiting much more clear and simple. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I have a special guest today. She recently graduated from the University of Alabama, and her name is Jency Givens. And I'm going to have her kind of share her background. But Jency, I wanted to tell you, I went back to look up when your parents hired me. And it was seven years ago, which I know it doesn't seem like it was that long. But you were going into your freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty awesome. I, um, I want you to share first off a little bit. I think it's always um, really neat for the girls to find out what club are you from and how did recruiting go? So maybe you could share just briefly your background as far as your levels of gymnastics and what club you were from. Let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. So I was at South Coast Gymnastics training with Jaw and Shopping. Uh, the other coaches were Tyler Shatsky and Sunling, and I had I was 13 years old, had just won re level seven regionals, and I was feeling on top of the world. I was feeling great. I was 13 years old, and I was so excited for the future of my career and stuff. And all of a sudden, just the just injuries galore happened, and so I missed. I went from level seven to level 10. And so I missed level eight, two years of level nine, and then went back to competing level 10. And so that was a brutal three years to stay with it, but it was all about mindset. And I'll talk about that a little bit later in some of the other questions, but that was kind of my background of club. It was very up and down, it was very inconsistent. I was always out of the gym, back in the gym, not training, training, trying to do stuff outside of the gym of what I could do with different working with different ways to work out and stay fit. Uh, but again, it's always just keeping your end goal in mind and keeping faith, so. Oh, I love that. I use your story all the time with girls because um, what happens, what I see consistently is when injuries happen in particular or setbacks, a lot of times the athlete feels like um, they have nothing left they can be doing, especially in the recruiting process because mm -hmm. They just don't know what to be doing. Mm -hmm. So we have a whole plan, which is, um, we use it all the time here at JH Consulting of 11 different things that I say you can be doing. And they just, their eyes kind of go crazy thinking, oh my gosh, I thought I was sort of in the dark, gonna sit in my house doing nothing with recruiting for six months while I heal. And um, so I wanted to title this, um, is it worth it? Because, I want you to be so honest. I want you to be really real. And I want you to share with keeping this in mind that um, many times there's so many misconceptions, not only about injuries, but about the recruiting process. So I thought you would be a really great voice 
for the girls to hear um, your true story and how you ended up. I remember the day you called me not that long ago, deciding you were done. And even that is, you know, everybody has their own path and plan. And I love surrounding you guys, no matter what your choices are, whether it's changing sports or being done with gymnastics. But I, I can't wait for the girls to hear your entire story. So mm -hmm. let's start with now that we've seen or you know heard a little bit of your background. Um, so we went through quite a roller coaster, you and I, as your advisor and your parents. And you did get to level 10. Was that your senior year? And you did mm -hmm. just bars and beam, right? Yes. Because at that point, I'd, I'd already have surgeries and stuff, uh, which delayed me from training the other events. Mm -hmm. And I was already being recruited as a specialist for bars and beam and said I was told to not hurt my body more doing the other events. Uh, so that's kind of when I took a step back from the other two events of vault and floor just because they were hurting me a lot more and my only chance of getting into college was to be excelling on bars and beam and so that's what I really put my focus to and my drive on. Okay girls out there who are listening today and parents I just want to say this again they hired me in ninth grade Jen C had only been level seven at that point but she had asked high aspirations and then it wasn't until her senior year that she got to compete and she only did two events and then she landed at university of alabama now i know a lot of people are getting how in the world did that happen because you know that's just not the typical story and i have to tell you jen c there is no question in my mind that it wasn't i mean yes you're really talented on those two events no you know no way around that. You had beautiful lines on bars. You had beautiful lines on beam. But really, when I remember looking back at your videos, even before you competed that year, level 10, your senior year of high school, and you were still on shaky ground trying to put it all together because you hadn't had those years of competing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then you go out and I remember thinking, that girl is a competitor. We were, where were we? And I was speaking and then I came in the gym to watch you compete. I think it was Arizona or Vegas or something. Mm -hmm. I happened to be at your meet and I was like, so impressed with your mental strength. And, you know, it wasn't all, like I said, um, completely, uh, where it was after you got through Alabama years, but boy, you had a tenacity about you and a competitive competitiveness. Would you say that was always there in you? Yes. Yeah. And then you, um, we went through a little hiccup with UCLA and originally that was going to be the direction you were going to go and walk on to UCLA. And then that all changed and you were out in the market again, looking for a college and you did a few meets, you competed in a few meets. And I said, okay, now's the time. Let's get your videos out there. And mm -hmm. that's basically what I remember. And you went on about how many, would you say recruiting trips? Your yeah, senior year? Alabama was my fifth, fifth one. And so right. It was weekend after weekend. I was going to Washington, University of Washington, Berkeley, University of Utah, Oregon State, and then the last, and then Kentucky also recruited me, and uh, 
Utah State also had an interest in me, but those were the two I didn't take the visits on because I was running out of trips to take. You were exhausted. I always tell the girls, only go on three, but you were in a unique situation. So Mm -hmm. you got out there, your parents were able to get you to a lot of those places. Some of the schools paid, but for the most part, I want to encourage families that, especially bars, if your daughter or you as an athlete are strong on bars, that is a very marketable event to be good at. And vault, probably those two, I would say. Okay, so the coaches could obviously see your talent and see you could contribute. So let's um, get right into Alabama and say, I remember that visit. I remember you called me. I think it was right after you had stepped out of the locker room and they they had showed you the locker room and you called me and you just said, this is it. I I love it. Mm -hmm. What was it that, because you went on all those visits. So you saw some beautiful schools, some great, I mean, you there were several schools you were close to saying yes to, but Mm -hmm. why was Alabama the one? Well, I think it was very eye-opening to me when I went on the other visits, and I mean, gymnasts will know, but like at the end of practice or before practice, we'll all sit in a little circle together, just like we'll line up together, and we'll just kind of like collaborate on how the practice went and stuff, and I saw how uh, one of the teams I went and saw and how they did that, and I just was standing in this corner just watching them you know, sit there all together. And just for some reason, I just could not picture myself sitting in there. And so that's like a really big thing that you have to think about. Do you see yourself like sitting amongst those girls? Do you see yourself over on that beam right there? Do you see yourself in this locker room? And it's not so much about, oh yeah, I like the school. I like the gym team. Like I want to be on the team. It's really just putting yourself in their shoes in that, in that moment of what they're doing for that day in that practice. Cause that's probably how they'll still keep the practice routine for the time that you're there. And so you really just have to picture yourself being there. Uh, And so that was kind of a big no for me on a lot of those. Like that kind of helped me say like, okay, I don't see myself right there. Okay. I don't see myself like sitting at this locker when I'm like frustrated with practice and like just want to cry or something. Um, So that's a big thing to just really put yourselves in their shoes in that moment of time. But for Alabama, it was really interesting. Uh, It was very much, they say, Uh, It was very much, well, I'll talk about Dana a little bit later on, but she goes very much into person over gymnast, but it was just very much their interest in me. You know, they've already recruited me or wanted me for my gymnastics. Their biggest thing was really getting to know me. And I liked that a whole lot more. It felt me like it felt like I was way more valued in that way because it didn't make me feel like gymnastics was the only thing about me. And so that was a really interesting aspect on how they did that. But that was the other thing, like I did picture myself standing amongst the girls. I did picture myself in that locker room. I did picture myself in that gym and over there on that chalk box and stuff. And so it was really just put myself in their shoes and it clicked and it worked and it's what I wanted. I like that piece about they put you as a person over Mm -hmm. your gymnastics. And I Mm -hmm. do believe that sometimes the honeymoon phase of going through the recruiting process, you know, the leotards, the gym, the um, just all the glitz and glamour can kind of step in, but you really do have to know what makes you tick. And Mm -hmm. if it's someone who values you as a person like that, and they actually are able to show that on the recruiting trip, because that's hard to do sometimes on those trips, but that should be happening then. Mm -hmm. And you should 
leave knowing, wow, they care about me as a person Mm -hmm. way more than they were asking questions about my gymnastics. Mm -hmm. So I do hear that a lot from certain schools. That's really an inequality. All right. So then we know you were pursuing all those schools as a walk-on, mainly because of your past, your history with injuries, and the fact that you just did the two events. So tell us a little bit about um, what you remember in regards to what coaches told you about being a walk-on, and then especially at Alabama, what was it truly like? Well, before I get to the walk-on part, I want to just touch more on the uh, just like the legacy of Alabama gymnastics and that also went into a big part of why I chose it and that was besides me just being valued more as a person over a gymnast I did feel that was something that was very special to that school and I mean the culture and the competitiveness within the SEC it was something I've never really heard about coming out here from California and I was always just watching Pac-12 meets and my dad was always watching Pac-12 football and we never really knew about that side of the country. And so we went over there and it was, I was brought to knowledge about the Southern Eastern Conference and it was just like mind blowing to me. And there's nothing again, there's nothing like competing with the best against the best of LSU and Florida and Georgia and all those huge other schools. And the legacy behind Alabama was just really inspiring me, inspiring to me and to be able to pick a school or have a school that wanted me to be able to continue on that championship tradition was huge. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that was just something super special within me and to be wanted for that and by that. Um, But yeah, when I'm talking about the walk-on, when you get, I don't don't think I was really told about being a walk-on before I was it, but I was just, I, I knew like my dorm, my roommates in the dorms, they were on scholarship and just different things like that. You know, they always say, oh, we don't talk about it here. We, no one should know who's on scholarship and who isn't. But I mean, ultimately you do know who's pulling out their credit card and who's not. So that was just a thing that I noticed. <laughs> um, but I mean, when, in the gym, like everyone's on the same exact playing fi- field. Like everyone's on the same exact level. In the gym is where you really don't notice it at all. Um, I was just saying like outside with buying books and buying school books and stuff like that. That's different for the academic part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for inside the gym, you really don't know. And also it took me by surprise too, because I mean, I had teammates that were full ride scholarships and I was competing every single meet and they were not competing, not because they were injured or anything like that, but it was just really who could bring it to the table at the time of need. And that's why I say when you get inside that gym, everyone's on equal playing field because it's whatever that person can bring. It doesn't matter what they did in seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. It really just matters at that time and day. So don't get discouraged if you say, if your school tells you, hey, I want you as a walk-on because regardless, they're saying that they want you. They want you because you have skill. They want you because you have talent. They don't just say, well, like, yeah, if you want to come here, you can walk on. Like, you don't really mean much to us, but like, yeah, sure. It's not like that. I mean, I kind of thought that because I was like, I want someone to offer me a scholarship. Like, that's how I will feel wanted. But that was just way different. And then at the end of my recruiting process, I really looked back and saying like, wow, I really told Jill, I was like, no walk-ons. I want to like return the favor to my parents and stuff like that. I wanted my school paid for and stuff. But I was just really blessed in the way that I was able to choose and I was able to pick. And it's really where you could picture yourself as a gymnast. And I mean, I had these other offers that I could have gone with, with full rides. And 
I had the beautiful option to pick where it was going to be the best fit for me. And so that was really cool. But like, again, I just want you to remember that, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, you know, you might get offered a scholarship then and you might be injured all of college or you might be like me and not compete for three years in club and then be competing almost every meet when the girls who are on full ride aren't competing. And so it's just very, very much bring your best when your best is needed right there in that time of college. And freshman year going in, it'll be a struggle because there'll be a lot of older girls on the team that will think like, oh, this little freshman like thinks they got it on. Like they think they're gonna just jump in the lineup and stuff. But really just, you, you know, keep your head down, work hard and you'll get there, so. That's so good. Wow, you made some great points about about the walk-on and misconceptions mm -hmm. and where to be focused. I absolutely love that. Tell me a little about inside, the inside scoop on Alabama, as far as the coaching staff goes and what it was like day in and day out competing for the bar lineup. How does that work? I, I don't often go into that because I'm so focused as an advisor to get them to the school that I don't really think about uh, all the times when I coached and how, what it was like inside those gyms, trying, mm -hmm. trying to get these kids to make the lineup or... Um, what my philosophy was as a head coach and it really does impact um, recruiting or your experience right so give us a little bit about that so we um, club gymnasts really don't know about this term but it's called inner squads and so we kind of do like a little mock meet mini meet type thing before season starting usually starting around November December few and few here and there in November and then it gets to be every Friday or every Thursday of December leading up to Christmas break and then you come back from break and you're competing and so it was wild for me to, to be in that process as a freshman because I was like oh my gosh it's November and we're supposed to have be competing our teams like I wasn't ready my senior year until the second meet in January <laughs> and so that was just a very quick process to get used to but I mean their training schedule lines you up to be with that schedule so if there's an injury that's happening or something that you can't be with that schedule that's fine but the, the way that they do practices and training and weights and workouts that it is all meant to like make you meet that expectation of being ready by November but as far as bars go it's it so it was very interesting because we had some routines that were no questions no questions about it very little deductions like that's just a, just that that's a fantastic routine no questions about it the judges barely have anything to take and then for instance my routine there were questions about it but the coaches said when she hits she hits higher than everybody else mm. but sh but she's the one that has questions and so I mean when mm. everyone else hit like they would score lower but it was like an automatic okay we know that she's gonna hit like we automatically know we'll get at least a nine eight from her but putting Gen C in, we know that like if she hits the way that she does, she will get nine nines, nine nine two fives out of her. And so it was very mentally tough to be like in that because I was always being compared with one other girl. Mm -hmm. I was all, like, and she was a full ride, full ride athlete. And it was always, it was either going to be her in or me in. And she was a no question or team. Like she was easily going to get nine, seven, five, nine, eight which is not what they technically wanted, but they were okay with like getting that because they just knew that that's what they would get. 
but it, then it was like always compared to me saying like, like okay maybe she's not gonna hit and then we'll be losing a routine or okay maybe she's gonna hit this time and she'll get nine nine right. so that was always my struggle on bars and really what you just really have to prove to the coaches is consistency trust in yourself showing it in your face and the way that you can do it under pressure just prepared under pressure consistency under pressure all of that and so I got to the point where I just started asking for more pressure and the coach would be like okay the whole gym has to stop everyone has to watch Gen Z do this right now and it would kind of fire me up and I would like do great and stuff but it's really just it's hard mentally to be saying like I'm always compared to someone else when all these other girls in the lineup they have no doubts about they're going to be in the lineup they can have a bad day and walk away from it angry and like it's not going to mean anything to them if I have a bad day and I walk away and leave the gym I know that I'm out of bar lineup and so it's just very much my position was just always crucially on the line like the coaches will always be looking over at me on the bars because my one turn would determine if I'm in the lineup on Thursday that's the yeah. true pressure isn't it Jency? that's that's real really good for the girls to hear yeah I I just thought of this but can you do you remember the first time you walked into the competition arena at Alabama or maybe the most pressurized mm -hmm. one your first year mm -hmm. I don't know where it would have been mm -hmm. was it was it at home a homie that was amazing or was it somewhere else where there was more do you remember I'd love yeah. to hear what that was like for you and how you stayed. I remember you calling me after a couple of meets and you were just like, oh my gosh, you know, I think it was a home meet or something because yeah. there were so many people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the noise is nothing you ever heard before. We had fireworks going off inside the building. We have this and that. we have fans and we have our swimmers with their shirts off with Bama on their stomach. And it was just something I've never really seen before. And it's it's really funny to look back at because my teammates would not understand it but I would stand in the little tunnel because the whole entire arena is cheering like they know they're about to come out like they're all on their feet the lights are off everyone's phones flashlights are out and all of a sudden then the national anthem would happen and we're just all standing in the tunnel in a little huddle and I would always cry I would always cry in the national anthem or just any part of that process because I knew like I technically am not supposed to be here right now like, I'm really not, I'm not, maybe I would, I wouldn't say I'm not good enough to be here right now, but I was just like, I'm really just not supposed to be standing here right now. Like amongst all these scholarship girls and like this huge university, this huge SEC competitiveness, just because of what my background was. And so I would always just tear up and cry because I was just so proud of myself that I stuck it through and that, that really was worth it. That was like the worth it point. Oh my gosh, that gives me chills. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And everyone's like, why are you crying? Why are you hurting? Why are you crying? I'm like, <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, so, okay, moving on. How did you grow as a student? Of course, you're sharing your athlete side right now. But when you look back from day one until the day you decided, okay, I need to be done. And um yeah, I, I realized just now we didn't really go into your injury, but we will in a sec, your injuries, your legs. Um, but how did you grow as a student going that far from home, mm -hmm. um, competing? Um, what was that like for you? And how did you, looking back, what do you, what would you say were some of the toughest moments? Ooh, some of the toughest moments. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
I know I don't think I ever really got homesick hmm. and I think that is a big factor that goes into like I made the right pick mm-hmm. I think if you're constantly in a place of uncomfort and stuff and you chose that strictly because they wanted you not more for like you being a fit for them I think mm-hmm. then it would have been like wow I'm really homesick I'm not really having the greatest time here I just want to go somewhere else but that's like being that far from home I never really got homesick so which is interesting except maybe when Christmas break would come around and I would see all my high school friends already home like the first week of December and I don't get to come home until December 23rd and be home for four days go home the 27th (laughs) but um holidays were tough but that's just something to sacrifice I mean as a gymnast whatever point you're at right now you know you've already sacrificed so much Mm -hmm. um but I mean, hardest parts were definitely just continuing your fight and just not wanting to let go of it and just continuously going in, making, okay, today's going to be like 1% better. Okay, today I'm going to prove to them that I'm worth it for this spot. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing that was hard to continuously do because I did feel like giving up at several points. And it was a hard part in club too. I mean, I did I was, my mom was driving me. I'm like, yeah, mom, I think I'm going to quit next year. And she's like, what? <laughs> but I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this anymore. But because I was going through a mental block and I was just so scared of everything. I was 14 and I like couldn't understand why I could not throw anything anymore. And so it was just like training through that and like being scared of practice every single day for a time being until you're out of it. And then finally just like, when you get through it, like looking back to that saying, wow, I fought through that. Wow. I like didn't give up during a time of darkness. Like I got to the other side of it. I got into the light and now I'm shining brighter than I was when I was in the darkness before I was in the darkness. And I mean, yeah, Genesis goes through roller coasters of darkness. And I think it's just really huge that you can look back into those times of low points of your career or as a person and you can just say like wow that just really made me stronger that I didn't let go of that time that I just continued to fight through that or whatever it is you're going through and maybe it's just personal stuff that's bringing that's like dragging into the gym just because it's so overwhelming but I would just really would pursue you to continue fighting because that's something that I don't think you'll ever regret I think the only regret would you what would be would be to like would be giving up or with all the strength that gymnasts have I think they're strong enough to just keep fighting well let's go right into your um legs your mm-hmm. surgeries can you give us a little quick synopsis from <laughs> the um, diagnosis the uh back in was it eighth grade yeah um no I got my first surgery in ninth grade and I just got my last surgery a few weeks ago. So that was seven surgeries on the table. <laughs> I'm, I should have one more, but I just told them, no, I'm done. Um, but basically it was, it's called, I had bilateral compartment syndrome in both my legs. That was my first diagnosis. And that was in 2015. So that took me out for a good amount of time. Uh, The next one was a popliteal artery entrapment. These are all in my lower legs and my calf. And the next one was popliteal artery entrapment syndrome. So basically with the anatomy of how my calf is and overuse, the popliteal artery goes down the back of your knee and 
brings the blood flow down to your leg. And the way my calf was, the calf muscle was pushing up against the artery and clamping it off. And so I would get no blood flow down my leg when I would exert it or jog or run or just be using it over time. And it was, that was, I, so my only two surgeries were in high school. So I did two surgeries in high school and five surgeries in college for my three years of competing. (laughs) Um, I'm looking, uh, so then I did the, I did the, at, at the end of my freshman year, it was the popliteal artery contractment syndrome of my knee, both legs behind my knee. And then when that opened up, it makes sense because like, if my blood flow was always stuck, when they opened that artery up and was allowing it to flow, all that blood flow went into the, one of my compartments in my legs and filled up my calf with blood and so much pressure went into there. So then I had to do another two surgeries on both my legs of another compartment syndrome. And so it was always just like this repetitive injury. And I was always so frustrated because it was not saying like, oh, she just did a tumbling pass and ruptured her Achilles. Like she's out. Like we all know what happened, this and that. But it was just such a struggle to kind of have people understand what I was going through. Or it wasn't just like, oh, it hurts. Like I always felt so bad for saying that because I never could say, oh, you know, I missed a Jaeger and fell and I hurt this. I was never, it was was never one skill. And so that's what was always confusing to my coaches, to my teammates. It was always just such an unknown hurt, but I just knew like my legs shouldn't feel this way. And it was just took many tests and many, I mean, my, my trainer, who's been there 22 years, she's never had an athlete deal with this before. And so she doesn't even know what to look like. And I don't even know how to describe it. And so it was just always super frustrating, but surgeries would always just seem to last a year and I would continue training and they would come back the next year when it would get to such a bad point but then I it was my junior year and I was going through I was about to get to season and my legs really started hurting again and I went to the doctor and they're saying yeah you're gonna your blood flow is completely blocked off again you're not getting any blood flow below your knees you're going to need two more surgeries on your popliteal artery to release that trapment. And at that point I was just like struggling through the season again. I was trying to, I was before, before my junior year, I was getting back to training floor. I had a floor routine. I had floor music. I was jogging down the vault runway. I really had high hopes for me, (laughs) but it just all kind of came to an end. And then at the junior, kind of closer to the end of my junior season, it would hurt to do handstands because my legs would just fall asleep because there'd be no blood. And by the end of my bar routine, I'll just be swinging around in giants and stuff. And I would slowly but surely like stop feeling stuff in my legs. And I'd be doing a double layout going into a dismount with no feelings in my legs and just crumble. And it got to a point where I was really just thinking about my future. And, you know, I want to be able to hike. I want to be able to ski. I want to be able to surf. I want to be able to run. I want to, you know, all that stuff that you have to, at this point of your college career and your age, you have to really think about what you want to be doing in your future. And if it's still worth it, you know, I talked, we talked about a lot in this call, is it worth it? But you get to a point where is it still worth it? And so at that point, I just decided that it was time I was graduating college anyways. And so it was time to retire and to get two more surgeries. And that's where I'm at now. Or actually, I got one more surgery, but this was at the end of my junior season. And he said, yeah, you need two more surgeries, but let's see how you do without gymnastics for once. And I was really intrigued with that because I was like, wow, I've never had a surgery to just 
to just retire, like just to recover, to be in walking. Like I've always had the surgery to recover, to be landing double layout dismounts and stuff. So it was really interesting, but I waited a whole summer to see what it was like without gymnastics. It didn't help at all. I went back to school and ended up getting one leg done. And that one's on the way to recovery right now. Got a pretty, pretty gnarly stitch, but it's getting better. And he wanted to wait to do the other leg, but I just said, I'm getting on a plane and going home. So that's where I'm at. So was it worth it? All that you've been through and why? Yeah, it, it definitely was because now I can, it was for sure worth it because all those struggles has really made me, made me almost like made me prepared for interviews and stuff like that and because I can show by that I can show what I've fought through and I can show by being a gymnast I have time management I have competitiveness I have discipline I have teamwork skills uh I mean nobody nobody really doubts a student athlete you know I think it's a huge reward to be able to do college social life and athletics all in one uh, and it's really, it's really rewarding when you get to the end of it. I've got some nice rings to show off for it. I got some plaques to show off for it. You know, it's really just, it's a really humbling experience to know that, wow, so, so much of like, I was going through this whole entire my life with this. And now I've like finally got to the other side of it and to like, look back and like, there's still seventh grade regional seven, seven level seven regionals, like posters around my room. And um, now I'm 21 years old and now I look back at that I'm like wow like that little kid had no idea what her journey was going to hold. It's so true you know most of the time when we watch the big meets on tv like Alabama, Georgia, UCLA, Cal Berkeley, Mm -hmm. all the schools all you're seeing is the that two minutes Mm -hmm. of you up there competing and then when these, the JH girls are going through all the things that they're going through, I think sometimes they think you all didn't go through anything like what you just described, that it all just kind of fell together and you're on the team and now you're on the bar lineup. Yeah. And so I absolutely, I started with saying when we first got on here, how courageous you were, competitive you were, mm-hmm. um, focused you were. And I look at those strengths you had as a seventh and eighth grader when I started with you. And now I think, wow, look how much they've developed as you've had to walk through this hard, um, you know, road. Mm -hmm. But you're not really unlike, I mean, if you look back at your teammates, you probably Mm -hmm. go, yeah, they didn't have to go through all the leg uh, surgeries that I did. Mm-hmm. But you probably have, you know, hundreds of stories of what you know they've gone through, just like I do as, as having been a past coach in mm-hmm. college. There, there's so many more stories. I used to laugh when I coached at Oregon State and I'd be putting gas in my car and I'd be standing there or I'd be at a gas station because you can't, you're not, now that I said we're not allowed to at Oregon, but you know, someone would walk up to me inevitably at the grocery store or at the gas station and they would say, wow, what a great meet. And all I could think of was the, the deeper stories that were going on behind the scenes yeah. and what people had no idea what it took for each athlete to get to that point. Yeah. It's incredible, really. 100%. You know, so if anything, I hope this is encouraging, no matter what you guys are going through, 
JH girls and parents that you realize it's not a straight path ever, mm-hmm. almost never. And um, these stories are part of the journey and mm-hmm. they do develop you into your next you know, season of life, which can you share with us? What are your goals? Where are you headed? What are you gonna do? Yeah, so I retired and graduated as a junior. I was so dead set on being a senior on the team. I said, what can I do to be eligible? Like my graduation kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, wait, I'm not supposed to be done yet. Like how did that that happen with school? But I said, no, I need to be eligible for senior year. And I said, they said, okay, well you can start grad school then. So I started, I applied for grad school in the middle of my junior year, did all of that, got in, picked my, all that stuff. I just stayed with my major. And then at the end of my junior year, that's when I chose to retire. Uh, but I started my, my grad school of public health in my first semester of my senior year. And it was just way tougher being back there without my team, without my sport, without the routine, without the regimen of doing this and this and this all at this time. And I was still living with gymnasts and it was just really, really a difficult time for me. So I decided to transfer and so now I'll be transferring to finish my degree at Hawaii Pacific University for a master's of public health and that will be about two more semesters and then I'll graduate with that and ultimately I want to go into medical device sales and go into sports medicine orthopedic reconstruction uh, sales and I just think with my athletic background uh, I I, I first wanted to go into nursing school but that took a again unwavering path so that was a roller coaster and so I just really still want to be in a hospital or working with assisting surgeons with how can make patient care better and I think with making different devices and stuff to implement in surgeries and give people more successful surgeries like I wish I had (laughs) would be just an ultimate goal of mine oh my gosh you're gonna be the best because you're gonna be so empathetic you're gonna be that person who's like I've been there (laughs) hang in there. You can do this. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, uh, I, I love that path for you. That's great. Yay. So last question, and then we'll be done. Tell, um, JH girls, parents out there, what is it that brings you joy in your day? What do you like to do? Yeah, well, I think back to college and stuff, I was really just getting overwhelmed with always being inside. I mean, coming from California, our doors here are always open. We're always going outside. My high school is basically outside. And then I got to the South and they're like, well, no, we have all these bugs, close the doors. Like now it's so cold. We got to close the doors and all that stuff. And so our gym was completely inside, no windows or anything. And my gym in high school was always just like full windows, see the outside, all the doors always stayed open. And so in college, I just really missed going outside. So when I would get overwhelmed, I would really just go for a walk. I would go, like, we have a beautiful river right next to the campus. I would walk the river walk. Uh, coming back home, I love to be at the beach. I love to be in the sun. I like to skateboard. I like to surf. So I really like writing, too. When I would get overwhelmed at college, I would always just write my feelings or write whatever was going on or just draw or something to settle me because of the intense time of life I felt like I was in. And just to bring me, like, just kind of, like, kind of ground me again, I would always just kind of do something simple and maybe kind of, like, childish. But it was just, like, draw, write, what, take a walk, go outside or do anything like that. But it kind of was just what brought me back down to being, feeling so overwhelmed with 
all of the things that went into college as a student athlete. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And I know this is going to be very impactful and it's going to resonate with so many of the girls and parents and um, whether it's the COVID issues they've gone through, injuries or mm -hmm. change of gyms. Um, mm -hmm. I think what I heard from you throughout this half hour was um, keep pushing through um, if that's what you want to do and the all the different ways that you've grown as a person and the value of you as a person has made it worth it. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. thanks, Jancy. Of course. Thank you, Jill. Okay. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in Jill Hicks Consulting's advising services, head over to www.jhicksconsulting.com and click on the Get Started button to fill out your forms page. One of our advisors will give you a call. We're in your corner and we'll talk to you soon.